absolutely ridiculous. Hi guys, this is Amanda Sobe reporting live from Manchester, England. I'm here for the first PSA tournament of the season, the Manchester Open. It started today, but my match is tomorrow. So for starters, I'm super excited to get back competing. A, I can't believe that I actually made it out of the U.S. during a global pandemic and has made it into England. Like that was huge. My flight route was Philly to Chicago, Chicago to Dublin, Dublin to Manchester. I basically booked my flight 10 days before the event started because they wanted to wait to the last possible second until it got confirmed. And so that's why my flight route kind of has me going back to forwards. Um, but all in all, I have to say, Flying was relatively easy, apart from the fact that I had to wear a mask the entire time and basically suffocated from my own rancid breath. Um, it was pretty empty. I barely got asked any questions during customs. I mean, they asked, like, okay, why am I going to England? And I told them for a professional squash tournament, and they're like, they're having a professional squash tournament? Like, I'm... And they were surprised that actually, like, a professional sporting event was happening um, in a country that has just gone from gatherings of 50 people to now six this week. So um, England's kind of going in reverse. But anyways, after that, like, they didn't ask me anything. And I spent, like, we had to fill out forms. Um, we had to get insurance that covers kind of... COVID-related cases, COVID-related incidences, and professional sporting events, and so had to get that before we left and fill that in, had to fill out the UK um, locator form before I left, and also had to get a COVID test 72 hours before I left, so there were a lot of things to do, like the few days leading up to flying out, but the actual travel was really easy. I linked up with my sister in Dublin, so that was super fun. We both Flew from Dublin to Manchester together, so we arrived Monday at 6 a.m. in Dublin. Airport super empty, nothing was open, and just kind of waited, got to Manchester. There was a relative small moment where I thought my bag wasn't going to make it. They told us that all the bags were um, were delivered and mine didn't make it yet, and then so I was filling out the missing bag form and then 10 minutes later, my bag arrived. So that was crisis averted. But after that, we arrived at the hotel and basically we had to go into self-isolation. And that we just had to self-isolate for the day because the UK is a 14-day quarantine rule um, if you're coming from a non-exempt country, uh, which is the US. And so... We isolated in our hotel room until Tuesday morning, in which case then we were able to get a COVID test by PSA. We waited for, then we went back to our rooms and waited for four hours until we got the results, which told us that we were negative. So that was a big day. Hearing that we were negative is huge this day and age. And once then, we were able to enter the PSA bubble. So we just went from isolation of just being into our hotel rooms to now being in the PSA bubble, which consists of our hotel room, a conference room called the Piccadilly Lounge in the hotel, 
and the venue. So our, there are a lot of choices, as you can see, where we can go. And Tuesday, I was able to practice for the first time since Friday um, because of just traveling and everything. And I, they, we have private transport. We go with our first round opponent to the venue in the transport. We arrive at the venue. They give us a temperature check. They have um, a safe zone blocked out for everything where we don't really have to wear a mask. If we go out of the safe zone in the venue, then we have to put our masks back on and they have kind of directions in which lane to walk in um, for us which is great and I have to say PSA has done a really really good job of kind of making sure that we are in the safest environment possible and so we have two courts to play on the glass court and one of the side courts your practice yesterday um, could only be either solo or with your first round opponent. They want to keep this bubble as um, socially distant as possible and keep kind of the interaction with people limited. So everyone's in their own hotel room, and which means that my sister and I are next to each other in the hotel room, but we can't really spend any time together since we need to be socially distant. And even in the kind of communal Piccadilly lounge where everyone can be to like eat if you want, we all have to be six feet apart. So everyone's socially distant, but it's, um, it's nice to kind of get out of the room and actually see some people um, and see some friends that I haven't seen in half a year. So that's nice. And then, so back to practice, we had our 40 minute hit yesterday, which was nice, kind of get moving, lungs were a little bit shocked from not doing anything for a few days, and then we get the transport back, and we go back to the hotel, and we kind of just stay there, and that was Tuesday, and I'm talking to you Wednesday now, Wednesday's first round, I'm in the bottom half of the first round, so I played Thursday, and today, so in terms of match days, I couldn't go to the venue at all today because of the matches. Matches started at 11 and they went on till 7. And even players that do play today, normally we practice in the mornings. Now we can't. So our movements are very, very limited. I'm back to in-hotel room workouts. Thankfully, I have a lot of practice with the virtual workouts. So that was fun. I brought a ton of just like workout equipment, food. We basically are either ordering room service, Uber Eats, or Deliveroo. And I base and I brought a ton of food in my suitcase, which ended up being eight pounds overweight. Um, most of that was due to food, and some of that was due to bringing things for people who haven't been in the states in ages. But apart from that, I have to say PSA is doing a great job. Um, I would prefer very, very strict rules as opposed to kind of a free-for-all and having the risk of potentially getting COVID a lot higher. And so even though I haven't been outside at all today and the last time I got some fresh air was the drive from the hotel to the venue yesterday, I'm, I'm not going to complain because I am negative and in this day and age, it's huge and I want to continue that way and I want to be healthy and just be able to play my match tomorrow. So zero expectations, honestly. I think we're all just so happy to compete and we're really happy 
that PSA was able to put on this event. Um, so yeah, looking forward to kind of updating you throughout the week on how everything goes. Um, I'm excited to update you all tomorrow on what it's like for me to play again um, in a in a match. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take it day by day. That's basically what I'm doing here. But uh, I'm signing off for tonight because. I'm gonna my bedtime's now at like 9 p.m. since I can't really do much and so I figured why not just get like 10 to 11 hours of sleep every night so have a great night to me and have a great rest of the day to everyone else wherever you are in this world take care Hello, everyone. Welcome to Around the Course Squash podcast, day two of the Manchester Open. That was the US number one and world number seven. Amanda Sovi just heard there, who spent a few hours in my island. That's right, it's mine. Courtesy of a stopover at Dublin Airport. A uh, little envious, I must say, but uh, there you go. My name is Arthur Gaskin. With me, as ever, is Stuart Crawford and Christopher Sackley. How are you doing, fellas? Same as always, great. <laughs> that's only been for the last few days <laughs> that's true doing well doing well ready to uh ready to analyze <laughs> good stuff so a couple of highlights guys before we get before we listen to what tesney and deck had to say as they were preparing for their matches yeah one of my highlights of this event has actually been seeing some players that i haven't really seen much of in the past um quite a few of the early matches i watched today including Watched uh, Julianne Cortis for the first time. Watched Benjamin Aubert, who I'd seen maybe five years ago in a junior tournament, but I hadn't seen much of him since. And Man, he's grown. Yeah, he has. <laughs> um, but I think we'll speak about him a little bit more later, but he was very impressive. Uh, Jasmine Hutton was another player that I hadn't seen very much of. So, yeah, just seeing new players was quite fun to see those guys that maybe don't compete in those bigger platinum platinum events as often. No. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of get into a few, like, you know, I don't watch every round of every event, but I'll, I'll get uh, in a normal year, but I'll get into, you know, TOC because it's here in New York and US Open and, and, and a lot of the bigger ones, but I, I don't always catch much of the first round. So um, I'm seeing a lot of people for the first time and, and enjoying it. Uh, yeah, so caught a little Aubert, was impressed with him. I thought he was pretty like deceptive because he's got a unique back end. Um, thought he caught Marwan a few times, like thinking he couldn't pull it cross and he somehow really rips it around nicely. Um, and yeah, thought Tesney and Deck matches were both uh, just ultra, ultra fun to watch. And, you know, I'm sure it wasn't as fun for them to be in it, but they both squeaked through the around the court bump. Yep. <laughs> Before we uh, get into their audio beds, or audio diary, excuse me, what was the screen set up this morning, fellas? So early on, I was just watching the glass court, but then once uh, Tesney and Amanda were actually playing at the same time, so at that point, I just had the laptop on with sort of split screen. Um, one tab on one side of the screen, one tab on the other, watch them both um it's, it's, it's quite uh confusing because you have to well, i muted the the side court with amanda and i had the commentary with with tesney's match um but yeah you're trying to pay attention to maybe one court while the commentary's running on the other court what about the tour de france was that on in the background on the tv 
No, it came later. I'd, I couldn't triple screen at that point. I, f I felt like two was enough. <laughs> <laughs> I had the phone. I had the phone set up today, so I kind of leaned my phone up against something. I had one match on there, one match on the screen, and then a little bit of work on the other half of the screen uh, just to pretend I was doing something productive, <laughs> make myself feel better. <laughs> yeah, well, I, Nola had a, an education on cycling and squash again today. Happy days. <laughs> right. It'll be a champ. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> right, let's get into, uh, let's listen to what both Tesney Evans and Declan James had to say as they prepare for their matches. Hey guys, so day two in Manchester. Um, what a day of squash today. So good to see so many matches. Um, live on on the computer on Eurosport of over here and and on Squash TV to see both the glass court and the side court was was pretty good. Um my day was pretty relaxed. Uh obviously not much we can do anyway here but I managed to get out of the hotel for for about an hour and head down to the courts and they've set up a nice um area on the track just behind the courts and set up two socially distanced squares. Uh, to go down and do a little workout, so it was nice to to get out of the hotel for a little bit this morning, um, head down there and and just do a little workout, just you know run through, get my body moving, keep it keep it moving on these days off. Um, obviously, especially without being able to go out, go for a walk, etc. It was nice to just run through some exercises, um, get the get the body moving, and and so it's not so much of a shock tomorrow when we when we get back on the court. Um, actually. Me and uh, Alison Waters, uh, we we both just happened to book it at the same time. The squares are socially distanced, and we got creative. We were we were doing our little workouts and stuff, and I kind of got my racket out. Thought, oh, I'll do a little bit of ghosting today, and uh, she was like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I might do a bit of ghosting as well. And we ended up um, playing a little bit of like sort of like tennis with the squash ball, just in our social distance squares and just hitting a squash ball back and forth. And we had actually had a, like, it was nice just to kind of get out of the hotel and just move about. And we actually had a little laugh doing that for like, just for like five minutes, kind of felt like we were like on holiday on the beach when you get your little bat and ball out and you, you hit it over across um, to each other. So that was something little, just a fun little game just to, you know, clear the mind as well. And um, as I said, just nice to, to get out really. Um, and then got back and just basically chilled out in my room, um, watched most of the squash. I think it was so good to see it back. Um, before the tournament, I really wanted to play on the first day just because I thought hanging around would be really brutal. But in one way, actually, quite enjoyed seeing the matches, getting a feel for the tournament, uh, getting a feel for how it would be, how it would look, um, and how the courts were going to play as well. So no complaint from that side. It was really nice to to finally see some live squash back. And I think from, from what I saw, I saw a little bit of the glass court, a little bit of the back court, the side court as well. And uh, from the women's side, I think probably the match that I enjoyed watching was Camille against um, Sabrina Sobi. I think Sabrina is going to rise up those rankings um, pretty quickly, I think. And she showed that today. On And, and I think it was a good match. It was a good battle. It was physical. Um, and some really good squash, very clean match, just nice to watch. And uh, as I said, it was nice to sit in the hotel and have a bit of normality again and, and see some live squash. Uh, I think there was only one upset of the day, um, which I think was Lucy Tamel. 
coming through and winning that. But apart from that, everything went to seeds, which I guess in one way, you know, it kind of surprised me. But um, from the flip side of that, I think the experienced players kind of showed showed their experience really well today. And, and that's kind of what I would say from it, that um, it kind of looked like everybody who played today had not had six months off. I think it was it was quite impressive to see that. Um, so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be really good and really exciting to get on court tomorrow. I'm, I'm buzzing to play and um, I play at half one. So I'm hoping the morning will go really quickly. And, and um, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to get on there. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to a battle. I've, I think it's going to be a really tough match. She's a great player and she's got some really good shots up her sleeve. So I definitely have to be on my toes and I think I think it'll be a tough match, but really looking forward to getting on there and, and having a good battle and um, play my first match in, I think, in around eight months since January. So super excited and, uh, yeah, let's hope I can get some sleep tonight um, with all the excitement about playing tomorrow. Catch up tomorrow, guys. Hello, Deck James here, back again, day two, Manchester Open, squash back on the world tour, and uh, yeah, it's been great to see the live squash back on um, YouTube and Squash TV today, Um, not much to report from my end, Uh, I play tomorrow, uh, because I'm bottom half, I'm playing the young Frenchman, Victor Cruan. We've not played before, so looking forward to that and, and getting back on, playing competitive squash again, seeing where the level is and feeling confident, you know. Obviously, it's been um, getting on for six months since we've played a competitive match, so, you know, looking to get the eye in quickly and uh, and start as we mean to go on. So, yeah, very much looking forward to that. And, yeah, today's just been um, a case of keeping myself busy I've been in the hotel all day, you know, as as a lot of you probably know by now, we're here in this tournament bubble and um, we can't really leave the hotel um, because of the uh, safety precautions in place. Um, so, you know, got up this morning, just had my breakfast, um, you know, bits and bobs on the laptop, a little bit of uh, work and studying and that kind of thing and reading um you know lunch um and a bit of a workout this afternoon so just a bit of skipping from the hotel room bit of stretching mobility just get the heart rate up for half an hour you know to make sure the body doesn't completely shut down obviously it's nice to have the recovery day and uh, and make the most of that before we get going but you know you don't want the body to switch off completely so just keeping active, just making sure the heart rate uh, gets up, even if just for a few minutes, so that tomorrow, um, you know, as the great Jonah Barrington uh, would say, that first embarrassment of the heart, just to make sure it's not too bad and you're and you're used to it and the system's blown out. So, yeah, looking forward to it. And then, uh, yeah, much the same this evening, just food and, and relaxing now and then... Uh, heading to bed soon to get ready for tomorrow so yep I've been keeping myself busy today um as I say great to see squash back and looking forward to tomorrow so report back to you all after my first round and uh, yeah talk to you then take care so yeah, I mean, one of the themes of the day was a few more five setters, and obviously they were involved in two of them. 
both coming through, I'm pleased to say. So Tesney looked fairly comfortable at the start, two love up, and then uh, I think it's Zena Makawi started coming back. And actually, at the end of the fourth, Tesney looked a little bit uh, rattled, and um, but managed to go away, reset, and then really started the fifth pretty well. Looked like she had managed to fire herself up again. Um, and was looking pretty comfortable. I think she was maybe 10-5 up, but then uh, Zena came back to 9-10 and suddenly it was looking a little bit tense. So, yeah, fortunately she managed to squeeze through in the end. And, yeah, we'll be hearing more from her, which is great for her, for us. Never in doubt, Tesney, eh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, what, I, I had it written down in my notes because I thought she was going to, I thought she was going to kind of take it three love after she, she had a pretty shaky start. A uh, few errors, and then she looked like super tough to battle back. And then in my notes, I said then she was off and cooking. But then, but then it did turn it turned back on her a little bit, and she ended up having to scrap it out. Uh, yeah, no, I really like watching her. Um, like she got that kind of like racket head speed in the front left, like little uh, kind of reminds me a little of Guad. Ball just kind of shoots off her racket nicely. Um, she shapes 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 up for some for some shots and really sells it and uh, had, had a few nice taxis um, going the other way. So yeah, thought that was a fun one to watch. Watched uh, a man, bit of Amanda Sobey. She kind of See, if you watch more, if you didn't catch a bit, it's probably most of the match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start to finish, just too tough. Looking strong. Yeah. Yeah, she looked really sharp. I mean, she's always notoriously good at winning those early round matches quickly, but she was really good across the middle and the volley. I can barely remember the other girl making her go to the back wall. Um, and I think when you see some of her tougher matches, that's maybe where she starts to break down a little bit. But if you give her that ball and the volley, she's going to destroy you. And that's exactly what she did. It was all uphill after that shank on the first point. <laughs> Just going back to Tesney, uh, so uh, such a smooth operator on the court, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, fun to watch. She's like great understanding of like if she's if she's showing her opponent something, she kind of the timing. She waits for them to she waits for the person to bite. She shows them what she wants them to bite on, and then she just kind of snaps it around the corner. Um, lovely, lovely, lovely. One of the other things I loved about that match and. Dex matches, they're both matches that normally you wouldn't really have much interest in, the winner. Um, suddenly you're watching it with a little bit of a vested interest, and you're like, come on, Tess, come on, you can do it. Come on, Dick. <laughs> yeah. Dick, yeah. Well, it adds yeah. a little bit of extra intrigue, and like suddenly you're so much more into the match than you would normally be. So great to see both of them coming through in really tough five-setters. Basically, if you want three new fans... Just come on the podcast and we'll be, be written for you all match. <laughs> I tell you though, Deck play Deck's match was unbelievable. You know, there's a lot of really tight games there. I mean, it's, he played a great trickle boast game ball in the third to sneak that. But the fifth game was uh, he looked dead and buried. And, he, and even in the last rally, I don't know how he managed to win it. He did so so well, dug did, in really deep. Did you then, see the nine? Did you see the rally at nine ten? Yeah, br- yeah, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. He was. He was up in it the whole time, but obviously he, he can't make a mistake, so he can't really put – he didn't really want to go for it. Yeah. But he was working him, working him, and to Victor's credit, he just kept getting balls back 
And, uh, and yeah, deck, like, you know, just good ball after good ball for probably like an eight shot combination to finish the rally. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of tens, a couple of tens out of, you know, um, yeah. from, from Victor to, to I'm sure he'll want those back. But, uh, well, I think yeah, Victor I mean, will kick tough. himself though a little bit because there yeah. was at one point on the forehand, he went for the cross court Nick. And then that was when deck got his foot back in front in the rally. And that's when he started to kind of uh, put pressure on Victor and eventually uh, squeeze it out of him. <sighs> Squeaky bum time. Yeah, and the other the other one I watched that was a good one. Uh, Marwan versus Aubert there, and uh, um, I thought Marwan looked pretty sharp, pretty focused, pretty quick. Uh, you know, putting the ball in nicely. It is. It is. I mean, I haven't played on a ton of glass courts. I've played on enough um, to know the difference. But uh, watching those two courts side by side, the way the ball moves, and it, it's, just, it's such a different match, right? Um, and especially with that, uh, the funky sidewall that's movable, you get some weird bounces off those cracks and stuff. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how, how I think most of, most of the people who are winning are, are used to the glass, but if there were more upsets, it's interesting to see how the how the people who don't have as much experience on the glass uh, come across. Yeah, I thought that was the best match of the day. That was from both of them, both hitting really clean, tight lines, um, moving nicely around each other. And yeah, like I said earlier, hadn't really seen Benjamin play much. Um, I actually watched him win the French Junior Open about five years ago, so I knew that he had a lot of potential. And I was just looking up his sort of ranking progress and he's sort of steadily just risen up the rankings. He's now at 54 in the world, which is highest ever ranking. But just having pretty consistent results on the Challenger Tour, um, making decent progress year by year. And wouldn't surprise me if he starts to move into the top 50 and play these events more and more frequently. What do you think, fellas, to the French being the new challengers to Egypt? I like the way... Yeah, I like the way these guys play. I mean, uh, you know, Victor, Victor's had some big wins on tour already and obviously studying pretty full-time. Um, and then, you know, Benjamin and Marsh, uh, Castagnier is still there. They're, they have like a deep, a deep young squad coming up behind some of these, these experienced guys. So they're yeah. going to be around for a long time. Yeah, and Suti as well is another one. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to get, <laughs> it'll be tough for them to get up and reach the same sort of heights as Gote and Linku did, obviously, but it does seem like there's a really good, talented young group of them. Um, and yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they're making semis, possibly even final of world teams. Um, and I also would expect at least one of those three guys to break into the top 20 in the next three or four years for sure there's a couple of strong female players as well behind Camille yep um, they're young I, yeah Colleen O'Mara got through um, she plays Salma Haney Melissa Alves is the other, another one who's still rising um, played reasonably well yesterday so yeah it seems like French squash is in a good place right. Go do you guys see any upsets upsets um coming in the next round well on the law of averages have not seen more we've only seen one upset so far in the seedings the law of averages we're due to see a couple more right or does it work like that 
<laughs> it's not like flipping a coin. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Well then, forget what I just said. <laughs> I think the biggest one, I mean, I'm sure there's a few, but one that really intrigues, and we mentioned it yesterday. I mean, Dazuki is a lower-ranked seed. He's playing Paul Cole tomorrow. That's very... Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be shocked if Suzuki won, but uh, Paul's going to be so tough to beat. Yeah. And then Tarek against Abugar is another great match. Again, I would probably pick Tarek if I had to put my neck on the line, but again, it'll probably be a great match. Um, and, and our match tomorrow is Shabagi against Wilstrop, which... Um, I know that's probably in Shabagi's favour these days, given that James isn't quite at the level he used to be, but it's always entertaining to watch him play. And on his day, you know that he can still pull something out. Yeah. yeah. Ali and Marsh on the bottom side too is, will be at least an exciting match. It's just, yeah. I mean, we've been saying it. We've been saying it for a while, but it's just so, so tough to knock these top four or five guys off. But um, a lot of, a lot of good squash, I think, in this next round. Speaking of Marsh, he looked very good today against Yusuf Suleiman. Three love. It was a tough game, but never really, I'm sure it didn't feel like it, but it never looked like he was under huge stress against Yusuf or in any doubt of going out. I never saw any of it, but if you had asked me before the round where are potential upsets or which matches could go to four or five games, that's definitely one that I would have picked out as a potential banana skin so to come through it so convincingly suggests that he's in really good form yeah certainly is and Noor Altayab is another one who looked razor sharp today against you know a young up-and-coming English uh, player in Jasmine Hutton yeah she's yeah. gonna be good she was another player another player that I hadn't really seen play much um I had actually seen her play in a I think a BSBA tournament a few years back but I think it seems like she's really improved improved her game uh, I'm not sure she really got that match right tactically. She seemed to want to play far too open for Tayeb, and I don't think that's the, the right way to go against Tayeb. I think she just soaks that up. If you if you open up the court too early and use too many angles and give her the front, you're going to get absolutely crucified unless you're maybe Bernim or Shabini. But um, I'm sure Jasmine would have learned from it and should go away. And I, re- I just liked her energy. She was always on her toes, always trying to get onto the ball early and take the volley. Hits with good pace, so yeah, she could definitely be a, a threat. Yeah, she hits a heavy ball, and she's like a really good athlete. So um, yeah, I think I from I I didn't get to see the whole match, but I saw you know a few few tins early in rallies and stuff like that, just to never really be able to get it to you know later in the game and have a shot. But uh, I think she'll I think she'll be um, coming up quick here. So. We've covered most of the matches there. You know, it seems like the standard's unbelievably high, especially considering it's been six months plus for most of these players playing competitively. What about the ref's job? How do you, how do you reckon they're faring out? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They're, always, they're always under the radar. <laughs> I'll mean, jump on this one yeah, first. But get in there, yeah. Stuart. Go in. We were worried about the, the players being a little bit rusty, but it seems like the refs are the ones that have suffered most from lockdown and being away from the game. But I think they've suffered most of, the, of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It, it's a really tough one. I don't want to be too critical without providing solutions. And I know PSA are working really hard and they've got Lee Drew on board trying to 
to help educate the refs as much as possible. But I just feel like the, the raw material that they have to work with in terms of these guys understanding the game is just, I don't care if they go and become full-time refs for the next five years, they just don't appear to get the sport. Um, and it's really frustrating when the players are giving everything they can. And I don't want to go as far as to say matches are being ruined by some of these decisions, but you just shake your head. Uh, the one thing I will say is that the video ref does help because it allows decisions to be overturned and um, you don't get quite as many bad decisions in the end with that system. But yeah, some, some of the explanations as well, even when they've given the right decision. I mean, I saw one today in the first match between Alison Waters and Julianne Cortez, where the decision was a let, which was probably the right decision. And then the explanation was the ball was too tight for it to be a stroke. Now, the ball couldn't have been much looser if she tried. Um, <laughs> and you just, you wonder what these guys are seeing sometimes. Yeah, the, you can tell the areas that they're trying to um, eliminate the let call, right? Like, it's very clear. So they go let, or, or they go no let, or they go stroke. And you know they're really trying to avoid calling lets around the midcourt and in the front a lot too. Like basically, you can go into someone's back and and you're you're kind of come out with a a stroke or a no let outcome. And so if the ref starts to make some bad calls there and they start to give away some cheap strokes, there's no point in actually going for the ball. You might as well just take a few more strokes and a couple no lets and uh be on your way right and it just doesn't seem like um you know they have that they have enough awareness to know when neither player's trying to do anything to get the edge and it's just a classic let um and that frustrates me a little watching i actually like the general direction that they're being encouraged to view the game through i mean if you go back and watch some matches from 20 years ago you you actually shake your head at the number of lets. I mean, we were playing at the, at the during that period, and I don't remember it being like that. But now that you watch back with hindsight, it definitely was. So the idea of trying to make the game a bit more free floating is great. I think, like I say, PSA are doing all they can to try and train these guys and get them up to speed. But some of them just clearly don't understand the sport and probably never will to the point where they can referee at that level. I mean, if we could find a way to clone Roger in jail, I'd be all for it. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is sharp. Nice one, yeah. Well, interesting stuff. I'm sure the referees will get sharper as they go along. And if they don't, sure, it's nothing new. Uh, we'll leave it at that. We'll close out with Amanda, who sent us an audio bed just after her match and her performance today. Nice one, fellas. Cheers. Woo-woo. Let's go. <laughs> Killing the enthusiasm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to day two of Life in the Bubble with yours truly, Amanda Sobey. Today was match day for me, which is really exciting because I haven't played a PSA match in over six months. So big day today. Also, because it's match day, it means that I got to finally leave the hotel in for the first time in two days. So major, major day. Um, in all seriousness, if you don't have a match, you can't leave the hotel, which means I haven't really smelled fresh air in two days. 
And so that was very nice. But I played at 1.30 today and did a little in-hotel room workout to kind of warm up my body. And we got a, our transportation takes us an hour before we have to play. So we got picked up at 12.30. Gorgeous day in Manchester. Another great day to stay indoors. But got to go to the venue and we have a side court. I was on the side court. And so we have a court to warm up in. Of course, naturally, I went and hit some balls because I haven't in a couple days. And so I just want to make sure that I'm moving and grooving. And did the warm-up, and then I played my match at 1.30. I am happy to report that my first shot back was a return of serve shank right into the tin. It was so bad that I laughed and my opponent laughed. Um, but good news is I could only go up from there. So after an abysmal start, I fortunately played pretty well throughout the rest of the time, all things considering. I mean, we're all in the same boat. Like, none of us are able to practice the day of our match. None of us are able to, were able to practice yesterday if we played today. So we're kind of all in the same boat together. But, you know, you just got to make do and uh, take it how it is and and do the best you can. So just played, enjoyed, you know. It's been a while since I was competing and loved it and fortunately came out with a three-love win. So after that, had some time to cool down before our transport took us back to the hotel. I did get out of the venue to just soak in about 10 minutes of glorious Manchester sunshine, um, which was so nice um, just to get some fresh air before being transported back to the hotel, back to my room. And now I'm going to kill some time, watch some evening matches, order... Deliveroo or Uber Eats for dinner. Um, we'll see what's on the agenda tonight. I think the most exciting part is always finding something new for dinner every night. Um, and go watch a movie and probably sleep another nine hours because what else are you going to do? But anyways, that's it for today and looking forward to giving you probably a very redundant update tomorrow because tomorrow is a rest day. Yay! We done. That'll do. That'll do, donkey. Yeah, you donkeys. Just.